You're right, people, and welcome to another episode of the Hide the Cutlery podcast. My name is Stinson Hunter, and I really appreciate you all coming and checking this episode out. Um, this is really a roundup and update kind of uh, episode of the podcast. Um, I'm not really going to have much of a much of an agenda other than talking to you guys and telling you all sort of what's been happening in the past week or so since my last uh, my last podcast. Um, firstly, I just want to say that. Um, you know, it's it's quite, I find it quite um, difficult sometimes to keep motivated. As I've said before, you know, I, I, I struggle. I, I seem to make so many steps forward and then ultimately I get hit with something and it knocks me back. And, you know, uh, and this is the most consistent that I've been for a long time in moving forward. I've, I, in the past, I've always allowed things to get in my way, stop me moving forward and allow things to get on top of me. And I've kind of, I'm at a point now where I feel like I'm getting past that, you know. I don't sort of, I don't tolerate shit anymore. I don't tolerate being messed about and whatever else. You know, I've got a goal, I've got a mission and I want to complete that mission, you know. Um, You know, so at the minute I'm kind of really focused on this whole um well, there's a few things that I've got that, I've, that I'm really sort of focused on. Um, and it's it's nothing where it's going to distract me from doing other things. It's things that I can kind of incorporate into what I'm attempting to do here. And, you know, as I mentioned in the previous podcast about non-offending paedophiles, I, um, I'm in conversation with a couple at the minute and I'm trying to arrange a way where we can meet up, sit down and have a full and frank interview a conversation you know in my sort of style my non-confrontational my non-aggressive sort of style um you know for those that watched my my paedophile hunt instincts you know i was never aggressive i was never abusive i would ask these people questions and it wasn't there for me to judge like i say in my documentary the paedophile hunter it's not for me to judge it's not for me to punish these people you know i'm just the guy that holds the mirror up and that's what I'm, I want to try and do with this non-offending paedophile thing. For a start, I want to, in some way, try and understand how these people work and also to sort of ask them questions regarding, you know, a lot of things that I, I feel are, are maybe slightly hypocritical or maybe I've got it wrong, you know? And a few people have said to me, Oh, Stinson, why would you give them airtime? Well, because that's what I'm about, you know. I like to have conversations and open up debates about controversial subjects. And that's just one of the many subjects that I'm looking at at the minute to try and, you know, get a conversation going. Because there's been attempts at doing these sort of things before. And for me, it's always felt like half assed And I really want to make something where it... You know, I'm not trying to sympathise with these people. I'm not trying to sympathise with anybody. I want to understand people and I want people to you know I want them to try and you know explain to me what what they're about and and the and, and I'm aware it's a really complex issue and you know if these people aren't offending and these people don't want to offend then does it need do we need to look at how do we treat these people how do we stop these people from you know maybe going on to offend and, you know, then you get some where they, I've seen them admit on Twitter that they use uh, indecent images of children. 
and that's a red flag for me. That's like, well, you're saying you're not offending, but that child in those images is a victim and you're perpetuating that. But, you know, th this is something that's going to take a lot of time, I think. I think a lot of these people that I'm speaking to think that I'm just going to bust out with a camera and start giving them grief. And that's never been what I've been about, you know. I used to meet people that tried to meet children for sex and I would chat to them, you know. And some people say, how can you stay so calm? And I'm like, well, because you don't get answers if you're being aggressive. You don't, you don't get to the bottom of something or you don't start a conversation by being a moron. And so that's kind of, you know, that's still bubbling away. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, I can get something sorted. I had one saying to me, you know, you should fly to America. And I'm like, well, I can't get a visa yet for America, you know, because of my past indiscretions as a, as a youthful little shit. Um, <clears throat> so that's, that's that one, you know, that's, that's something that I think is going to open a big debate. I'd love to see what people have to say about that in the comments for those that are watching this over on Facebook in a video format. I'd like, you know, I'd like to see what, what you would like me to ask them or what you, what you as, as a, as another member of the public like myself, what would you ask these people? What would you want to not necessarily say? Because it's not about sort of going, you're wrong, you're dirty. You know, these, these people that claim to be non-offending paedophiles. And that, that seems like a bit of a contradiction. And that's why, you know, I've had my eyes open to this whole this whole thing and I want to understand it, explore it and hopefully start a conversation and primarily want to stop children being abused and being hurt. So in order to do that, we have to kind of, in a way, understand these types of people. So moving forward, moving forward, I'm also in the process right now. I've got the hotel booked. I've got the date sorted. I've got everything kind of in line to get to Liverpool next month and start filming something. Um, at the minute, it's with one person, but there's a separate sort of thing that I want to do with somebody else, and I'm hoping that they come through in the end, and I hope that they're not just sort of playing silly buggers. Um, <clears throat> but regards to the one that's definitely happening with Danny from Shatterboys, that's moving forward quite nicely. I've got, I've got a bit of organising to do. I've got a bit of you know, what people do I need on what day and what do I need these people to do? Because I don't want it to turn into sort of a melee of, you know, loads of big different people and, you know, and getting it sort of twisted. So at the minute, I'm kind of focusing on, you know, the best way to structure this, this, the staff that are going to be there to help make this, this, this day uh, or two of recording go really well. Because at the minute, it's just the foundations of something. And I want to build on that. And for a while, I was kind of faffing about and we'll meet up and we'll have a chat and then we'll go away for a month. We'll meet up again and we'll talk about it again. And I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I just wasting time and, and dragging it out when I don't need to? When it's just a case of we don't need to meet people and tell, ask them to tell the story and then go on camera and then they tell the story again. Like we just do it like that on, 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 a, on a, you know, off the cuff. Because that's the best way to get the most raw emotional pieces from people, and and that's something that I think that I'm gonna I needed to sort of remind myself about. I had to look back at how we made the paedophile hunter and how that was structured and how we did that, and and I, that I used that as a, a sort of a template for how I'm going to make these these films, these these short films, these long documentaries, these various pieces of work that I'm trying to 
make happen. Um, so at the minute, I'm 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 headed to Liverpool uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, and we're going to start the ball rolling with um, with the filming of this 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 documentary, which I'm aiming to sort of at least get a nice little trailer, you know, a nice little teaser trailer ready for sort of the back end of the year to put a show on um, and show that and, sh- and 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 get the people that are involved to sort of talk about it and be asked questions and, you know, build up a kind of a big conversation around this, this project that I'm building. And then next year, I've got plans to sort of have a full launch of it next year and get it out. You know, but at the minute, at the minute, anything can happen. You know, anything can happen. Anything could go wrong. Um, you know, uh, but right now, you know, I'm extremely, extremely focused on 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 this. On the, you know, and I've got sort of a good group of people that are working with me um, to help me create this production. Um, I'm, you know, trying to self-fund it all myself. Like I've said before, um, this is something that kind of, in a way. I'm out of my depth. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like the whole thought of directing and producing something is quite fucking scary to me. Um, and, and and hope hoping that the people involved have that vision and have that same drive that I've got. Um, you know, and it's quite scary. It is a quite scary uh, prospect. Um, you know, because I know I can do this, but I've never really done this before. Like I can, I can. You know, I've had input into the paedophile hunter, I've had input in other things that I've done, but I've never had complete sort of creative control over something. You know, even with the paedophile hunting stings, you know, I had 75, 80% of the control over all that, but then there was other people that were kind of had their opinions. And and obviously I want to have that involved with this, but ultimately I need to be, it needs to be, I need to be in, in control of it all because if, if there's not one person that's completely in control of it to a degree, then it's all going to go a bit, a bit tits up, you know, and that's what's happened in the past. I've not had complete control over something, and production companies have have gone and messed it all up. Now, by complete control, I mean I don't mean like oh, well, it's my way or the highway. By complete control, I mean that I need to have it in a little circle, and I'm the one that's kind of looking after the pieces and and making sure that that you know that other outside influences aren't coming in to sort of mess with it and to to change their to change the agenda to move it forward into something that they want if that makes sense you know obviously with with Liam being involved and and other people I'll, I'm going to take their creative creative advice but I'm not going to be influenced or go against what I feel and what I need to create because I feel that if I compromise my sort of ideas and my integrity to a degree like I have in the past, then it will fall down. You know, like I did the stuff in December last year in Edinburgh. And, you know, I was doing that there to sort of get me back out there um, so people would kind of remember me to a degree. And then I was going to move forward with these other little documentaries. But during the process of making this sort of doc, I realized that they just wanted to make a paedophile hunter part two and that was their only intention. That's all they wanted to do. And I wasn't happy with that. That's not something that I wanted to do. Um, you know, and I had people there filming these other stings, um, 
that were with me and I've still got that footage and I think one day it'll come out you know I don't I don't have sort of direct access to that footage of the people that were the, you know the, that were there with me not this production company but there with me they technically own that footage and we're trying to sort out a way of getting that out there um, so their asses are covered but it will eventually one day see the light of day. But I was told by this production company that they'd handed the information into the police about these people. And I was like, fair enough, man. I'll let you do that. I'll wait for the police to contact me and then we'll move forward. But the police haven't contacted me, which kind of makes me think maybe they didn't really hand it in. Because a as a production company, you're supposed to be kind of impartial. You're not meant to get involved. But they were completely involved. They were the only ones that were doing the talking. You know, there, there was times where I was being filmed, but I had to sit in their place and, and, and sort of, in a way, act it out. And that didn't feel right to me, man. That didn't feel, uh, that isn't natural. You know, these were doing the work. And it was effectively me standing in front of these guys, questioning them about what they were up to. And I was like their mouthpiece, if you will. And they had a lot of control over it. Um, you know, and ultimately when we had the big sort of bust up, they were trying to get me to film something that I wasn't happy filming. Uh, I was refusing to film it because I didn't want to do it. I didn't see the point in it. It had no importance doing that piece there and then, you know, and it felt like they were they were just trying to throw the weight around after they said to me that I had complete control. And I learned as the week went on that I didn't have any control over it at all. I was just being played along. Um, so for me, that whole thing, that experience there taught me a lot. You know, I did stuff with Dan Reed, ow, did stuff with Dan Reed before that I was doing a series with Channel 4 that led into me being in, you know, saying, look, I can't wait around anymore. Dan was messing me about, the rug got pulled. He said, oh, it might, we might get something soon. Da, 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 da. And I was being fobbed off, so I moved forward. And this production company were just out for themselves, you know, and they were going, oh, we're using all our money and this, that, and the other. And I was like, yeah, you have, but I didn't ask you to spend nearly £2,000 on renting a house. I'd found a place that was a lot cheaper, you know, I, uh, and it was all about money, and they were throwing this money thing at me. And I'm like, I'm not really interested, man. I'm doing this to sort of get my career back on track so I can go out and I can tell the stories that, I feel are important to tell, you know, and I don't really want to go into that too much now because I feel that these things can be done further on down the line. But I was working with a bunch of completely unprofessional people, you know. There was, there, there, there was, it was, to be fair, the youngest one there was probably the most mature out of the lot of them, you know, and it was, and he's got a real talent, but the others, one couldn't even hold a camera right. You know, and it's like you're a production company. They're the sort of company that run before they can walk. You know, they have a studio and, and this, that and the other. And it's like, well, you're not really doing that much, you know. Um, and they've tried to sort of shut me down and, you know, and they've, they've sent false copyright flags on content that's mine that I own. Um, not understanding how copyright works, uh, you know, and it, it's, it was quite, it's quite sad to see these grown adults that are older than me acting far more mature than the 18-year-old kid that was there filming with them. Um, so I learned a lot from that, you know, I learned a lot from that whole experience, which is why now I'm funding everything, you know, traveling six and a half hours, seven hours down to, to Liverpool uh, the day before I'm even meant to be there just to make sure that I'm there, I'm on the ball, I'm ready. Then Liam turns up the next day and then we've got a couple of the people that hopefully they're going to turn up and get involved um, with little bits of the production. Um, and that's kind of like my main sort of 
that's the main piece at the minute. The 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 bit I'm doing in Liverpool with Danny from Shatterboys, and then moving on to do something with this other guy, which I hope, I hope, I hope you know that he comes through because I feel that his story is a story that doesn't really get told very often, um, and if it does, it kind of gets washed over. And I feel it's a really important story that we need to open up a discussion about. And then we've got the non-offending paedophiles, which I think is going to take a, a, a little while. You know, I mean, other people will probably do it. Other people will probably jump on it and, and get that done. But they're not going to, for me, they haven't got that sort of style and that uh, brain patter that I kind of have, you know. And I, I can bring something fresh to the table. Um, you know, maybe some people might be thinking, well, Stinson, that's a little bit arrogant. It's not arrogance, it's confidence. I'm confident in what I do. I'm confident in my ability. Now, there's thousands and thousands of other things that I know for a fact that I can't do, that I know that other people in this world, millions and millions of other people can do it a lot better than what I can do. But there's some things where I feel that I am pretty damn good at what I do, you know. Um, these podcasts, like I've said in the past, they're a bit of a, a side project, a bit something just for me to let off steam, to keep people updated, to sort of have a conversation you know, blow off a little bit of steam. But when it comes to actually what I'm trying to create and, and the ideas that I have, I don't think that there's there's anybody that can that can do it in the way that I see it. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I could make something and people will that's exactly like so and so and that's exactly like so and so. And you know, I'm not afraid to admit that I take inspiration from people and that I I model what I want to do on things that I've seen in the past. And I want to take that and do it better. And I want to do it a thousand times better. And that's sort of, you know, let me tell you something. Last year I said to myself, last year I said to myself, and the year before that I said to myself, if I haven't got something out by such and such a date, that's it, I'm done. I'm going to go away and I'm not going to even try anymore. I'm not going to waste my time trying to get something out. You know, there's been multiple projects that, are, that have just burnt to the ground before they've even got started, you know, or pushed to the back because I thought, well, maybe now's not the right time. I can't find the right pieces of the puzzle to make this happen. And I said this last year when I was doing that Edinburgh stuff with that production company. I said, if by March 2017, that if I haven't done anything of any significance, if I haven't got something out there, if I haven't you know, kept to my word, I'm just going to have to jack it all in and go and find a normal job um, and just slip back into complete and utter obscurity, which is where I'm pretty much at now. Um, and I promised myself that. But then there's that part of my brain where it says, Stinson, mate, you don't quit. And that's me. I don't, you know. Yeah, I walked away from the paedophile hunting for various, various reasons. I have walked away from other projects. You know, I've uh, I've not forgotten about these projects. Things I was doing with Dan, you know, the ideas that I had with these other production companies, these other things that are floating about, they're my ideas, you know, they're my plans. They're things that I can execute and I can execute perfectly. I believe that with the right team. And... I feel like now maybe I'm kind of finding my feet more and I'm finding my confidence and my stride, you know. Whereas before, when I did it, the Peter Ponton stuff, you know, I did it on my own for a while and then I had Stubbsy and Grime join. And when I had Grime, he was like my, he was literally visually and, and artistically, we had that same sort of path. We knew where we wanted to go. And, and obviously, you know, he ended up having another kid and everything else, life moved forward. 
he you know he couldn't carry on with it all you know whereas I carried on trudging forward and I think that people don't realize well I know that people don't realize I know that people don't realize that when they don't see anything happening they think that nothing's happening but there's things that you can and can't talk about and you know I'm talking about little bits now but I'm not going into any great depth about things because anything could happen anything could go wrong that will stop this from happening and, and put it on the back burner again anything can happen somebody could die I could you know not be able to afford to get everybody where I need to get them because I've got to pay for everybody man I have to pay for everybody myself and that's cool I don't mind that I absolutely don't mind that because in the past I've had people paying for me to go to things and then they feel like they own me and nobody owns me you know I let them do it for a little bit. I thought, you know what, I'll play nice. I won't, you know, I'll jump through people's hoops. I did all that. I played Mr. Fucking Nice and look where it got me. It got me absolutely nowhere, you know. So I'm going to do it. I've got confidence, you know. People might have sat there thinking, Stinson, you arrogant motherfucker. But you can think and say what you like because I'm not arrogant at all. I'm quite sort of humble, you know. I'm quite... You know, there's only certain things where I know I'm good at something and I know that I, I could do something fucking special. And I think that's why I don't give up, you know. And, and for me, I have to keep pushing forward. I, I have to have something to aim for. If I haven't got anything, it leads me to bad places, you know, as I've discovered over the past few years. When I've had no direction, I've had nowhere to go, I've, I've not had any sort of spark you know, everything starts to crumble around me. But when I've got something to work for, when I've got that drive, when I've got that ambition, when I've got that passion, when I've got that absolute need to do something, that's where I'm at my best and that's where I'm at my happiest. Even if it's the most stressful thing that I go through, i.e. the Peter Bohner documentary, the most stressful thing of my entire life. But I look back on it, I'm like, I was truly alive at that point. I'd never been alive until then. And then the past couple of years, it just feels like I've been dead. And I don't like that. And that's why I am really, 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 really pushing myself as hard as I can to make things happen. And that's why I don't tolerate any more crap. People, if they're not pulling the weight, bye-bye, you're gone. You know, wish you all the best, no hard feelings, but bye-bye, you're gone. Because I can't be held back by other people's actions anymore. So, yeah. Um, that's kind of like the little rundown of everything that's kind of going on at the minute. You know, I've, I, I'm putting weight on for anyone that notices. I'm now 12 and a half stone. I did drop down to about 10 stone when I had my painkiller issues. But I've, I'm gradually getting the weight back on, which is pretty cool. I'm quite happy. That must mean I'm, I'm in a happy place. I'm in a really, really good place. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of, uh, I'm, I'm quite happy with everything. I'm really excited to get to Liverpool because, let me tell you, last time I went to Liverpool was probably... 2000, year 2000, I think we went to Cream and I was kicked out within a few minutes because I was fighting because I was a dickhead. And I got kicked out and I was told I could never go back there again. I don't know if that place still exists, but that's my one and only time I went to Liverpool. And I'm quite excited about getting back to Liverpool and seeing what the city has to offer. You know, hopefully I'll, the day I get there, hopefully I'll get a few hours to kind of mooch about and have a little look and see what's going on before we get into the big stuff on, you know, the, the next couple of days following that. Um... So yeah, that's that's all I've got to really say uh, at the minute. So, you know, I'm looking forward to everything. I'm quite positive. I'm quite focused. I've got some good people around me that I feel are going to help create something pretty damn pretty and special and thought-provoking 
in all the different ideas that I've got. If I can pull them all together, I think it's going to be quite, quite cool. And, you know, that's it. That's it for this episode of the Hard Cutlery Podcast. If you want to check out anything, um, you know, the check out previous podcasts, find out how you can help or get in touch, please go to www.stinsonhunter.com. For those that are watching it on Facebook, I'm going to put it as a little annotation on the video and I'll post a link down below in the comments. And I really appreciate you all spending 20-odd minutes listening to me talk. For those that switched off earlier on, you probably didn't miss too much because you're probably them fair-weather supporters that only want to see me catching people. But there's far more out in this world that needs to be spoken about. There's far more issues that need to be brought to the public eye. And, you know, I've always said that's what I want to do. I said years ago that I wanted to revolutionise journalism, whatever. Maybe that was a bold statement. That was probably the painkillers talking. But I certainly want to make a dent in documentaries and reporting on things. I certainly want to have my own star, my own panache, my own flair, um, with, you know, without sort of compromise. And I'm going to uphold that, the promises that I made. And I'm trying every single day. But it does get quite difficult sometimes. I am just one person trying to get, you know, everybody to move and structure exactly how I want them to. So, yeah, that's all I've got to say. So I really appreciate you all checking this episode out. Thank you so much for all your support. Thank you for everyone that's been sticking by me. Um, and hopefully by the end of the year, I'll have something for people to see and to get a bit of a taster about what is going to happen next. My name's been Stinson Hunter. This is the Hide the Cutlery podcast. And again, I appreciate you all coming and checking this out. Cheers. <laughs>